At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Good morning, all you beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in again. Chad, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me, brother. Chad Kennedy is going across the country, C to C for PTSD. You crazy bastard. I know it. And and now it's too late to back out. So it's uh, <laughs> every day for the past 20 months. Uh, how do I get out of this? And now it's uh, it's go time. It's go time. So when's day one? Uh, day one, the, the actual walk will, will start April 4th. Uh, April 1st, we will uh, we'll hook up in Cranbrook, um, and we'll get into why we had to change the logistics a little bit later on. Um, yeah, and we've got an awesome weekend planned in Cranbrook. Uh, we've got a, an event on the 2nd um, for the public um, and first responders fundraiser at Home Hardware. Um, and then on the 4th, we've got a, a, a pretty amazing event lined up. Um, a, a really good friend, Kimberly Tent, um, has spent a lot of hours putting together some pretty spectacular stuff in Cranbrook. What kind of support have you been receiving? Oh, outstanding, outstanding support. Other vet, like other um, veteran first responder oh, uh, uh, charities lining up to help you? Uh, we've got not so much. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I've got to give a plug to uh, two amazing organizations. Um and two that, that have really stepped up in helping us out financially uh, get across country, and that's the uh, Calgary Veterans Services Society um, and um, Legacy Place Society. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, the support right across the country um, through veterans and emergency services. What was, what was the first one? Calgary Veterans what? Services Society. I've never even heard of them. Uh, they're with, they have the uh, Calgary Veterans Food Bank and Hoggins um, Ranch okay. here in Alberta. Yeah, you betcha. Uh, Alan. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Reed. 100%. Uh, yeah, so, and stemming from there, man, um, veterans from, you know, not just Canada, um, right across North America have uh, have stood beside me through all this. Um, first responders. Uh, from right around the world. So the support, um, I, I think when you first get into something like this, you don't understand the impact that it's going to have on our mental health community. Um, and, and I'm in awe. Uh, uh, you know, the, the selfish side of me, um, when I first came up with this during my darkest hour, um, you know, what can I do to... Um, define myself and what can I do to find purpose? Um, and then, you know, once I started advertising, I'm going to walk the country. It became this big thing. So uh, I'm scared shitless, um, but I'm also <laughs> excited. I, I'm looking forward to meet meeting all these people from across Canada that have, you know, it's these, the little messages every day. Hey, hope you have a good day. And there's some sort of little gift or emoji that uh, puts a smile on my face. The, the gifts that, just randomly show up. And how how old are you, Chad? Old, forty nine. I'll be I'll be fifty at the end of the walk. 
Yeah, so it would have been a lot easier at 25. Sure would have. But uh, Joe Roberts did it at about the same age. Yes, he did. Great man. I love that man. Um, proud to call him brother. Um, and somebody who has given me a lot of um, support um, and the, the little ins to walking across the country. So he is, uh, you know what, I've got his book. I, I know him. I have met him physically. He is a real dude. I've seen him on your show. Um, but a true inspiration. Um, and, and I look at my top threes for, for motivation, inspiration. Um, first and foremost, Mr. Terry Fox, um, Rick Hansen, and, and Joe Roberts. So those are the, the, the three, um, yeah, that, that are keeping me going. And well, back uh, when this show started, I started with the Mindkey Show podcast. Yes. And you might want to tune into that and listen to Dana Mizey. Dana Mizey is a world record uh, holder, for a couple of world records for the world's longest hike, the Great Hike. So he's the only man alive that did the entire uh, Trans-Canada Trail. Nobody else has ever done it because wow. nobody's that crazy. <laughs> and uh, But a total of about 20,000 kilometers. Wow. Ridiculous. And he's all gibbled up as a result, no doubt. But um, what Dana accomplished was unfrickin' believable. And, uh, but yeah, uh, he's he's doing his podcast, The Great Hike. I don't know if he's actually got that over the finish line. <laughs> we were talking about it uh, years ago. But um, he's on Facebook anyway, The Great okay. Hike. But man, if he could do 20... A thousand kilometers, and I actually think it's twenty four thousand. It's it's just mind boggling. Yes, yeah. I thought my sixty five hundred kilometer walk was something, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, not you know what? I'm not even going to compete for twenty or twenty four thousand. Um, that's best left in the record books with him <laughs> and cross country, right? Uh-huh. Like that's how, like yeah, through the bush. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. At something else. And he caught a lot of flack because he wasn't doing it for a cause so much. He was doing it because it was, um, his father lost the ability to walk. And he was a big, big walker. He put on miles and miles every day, just just how he was. So t- once he lost his ability to walk, he said, Dad, I'll, I'm going to walk enough for the both of us. And that's why he did it. But he's the hero that nobody knows about. You know, uh, he had a little bit of news coverage here and there, but poor old Dana, (laughs) Um, you know, uh, people don't know about him and it's it's, it's a damn shame. That is a, yeah. Um, I'm going to look him up on Facebook and uh, hopefully have a conversation or two with him. As long as he's not going to just throw out the advice, embrace the suck. I, I, that is the good advice, though, because it's true. It is true, and I, you know, I I lived it walking across Alberta, and you understand what embrace the suck means. Um, but there's got to be other little tidbits out there. So, what was your route when you did the practice walk across this big ass province? Uh, it was Highway Three from the BC border up to uh, or out to Medicine Hat, um, and then we jumped on Highway One and right to the Saskatchewan border. Yeah. How many Ks was that? That was, I think it was like 366. So it was nothing. Um, and it was just to see, A, what kind of footwear um, we are going to do, what kind of pacing I was doing, and how the team jives. Um, and, and, you know, if we're going to encounter problems, let's face those problems now and tweak what the uh, the big walk will look like. Was it worth it? Was uh, 
there are lots of learning on that test run? Uh, absolutely. Like I should have been fitted for shoes before I did that walk. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yes, shoes are kind of a big deal. Y- uh, yes. And make sure you, you are comfortable with the tunes that you're playing in your head. Because when you pass the middle of nowhere seven times, um, it, like you can't count um, the, the strands of wheat blowing in the wind in a wheat field. It's just, uh, you know what? Embrace the suck. Do you have a shoe sponsorship? I do. Uh, the good people um, of Brooks Canada uh, stepped up to the plate and, and donated a few pairs of shoes. Um, and then Icebug um, through a, a store in uh, Blairmore by the name of Spry. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm taken care of with footwear, thankfully. Yeah, that that's a big deal because that adds up in a hurry and you burn through the boots faster than you think uh yes yes so uh, yeah i've been fitted uh gourds running store here in calgary um big help to to get me in contact with brooks so i i've got to give those shout outs because here are people um are you gonna use orthotics no no um thankfully with these the the shoes that i'm wearing now um, I haven't had a problem and, and, and are you going to go shoes or boots? Shoes, shoes. Um, there will be times where, yeah, I'll put on a pair of, uh, old combat boots and some duty boots, but for the most part, man, I gotta, I've got to take care of my feet. Um, yeah. and, and that, I mean, that's, what's getting us cross country. So I don't mind losing a toenail here or there, but, uh, man, when, <laughs> when, when you, when you wrap your feet, um, and it doesn't matter how you wrap your feet, um, blisters have like a mind of their own. They will pop up wherever they can find a spot. Yeah. Um, like an air bubble. It's, it's terrible. So yeah, fortunately with the, the new footwear I've got for, for this walk, I don't have any issues, knock on wood. Um, and it should be clear sailing. So are you going to be carrying a pack? I, well, I'll have my water pack with me. Like Um, a camelback kind of deal. Yeah. Only the man technology nowadays got this cool lightweight vest um and it just there's little water bottles that just plop in the front here and almost i don't know it's almost like if i had boobs i just bend down and <laughs> suck on the boob versus having the the water hose come over my back yeah and and easier to carry with the weight up here versus um you know you pack that four or five liters on your back and the first 20 kilometers, you're aching until you drink all that water and your back can just sort of do its thing again. What have you chosen for hydration? Is this going to be straight water or like a Gatorade kind of deal? Or have well, you put much thought to that? Uh, yeah. So our electrolytes obviously are, are important. So we've got uh, got water. We've got some tablets. Um, the flavored ones are good. The non-flavored kind of tastes like What kind of like tablets? Sweat. Ah, they're little... Electrolyte tablets, you get them at the, the health stores. Um, if I can remember the name of the stuff that, that I'm trying right now, I would gladly give a plug. Um, but <laughs> uh, I do enjoy Gatorade. Um, we've got um, a great company, actually, uh, Wallace & Carey. I don't know if you've heard of Wallace & Carey. They um, uh, basically are the, the logistics company that supply all the 7-Elevens. Um, so a, a good friend of mine, um, who may or may not be related to the company, uh, has agreed to help us out with water and, and the Gatorade. So times where I get sick of the, the, uh, the tablets, I can chug back some Gatorade and keep those electrolytes up and, and the energy flowing. Good to go. Good to go. What's your biggest concern with, with this? 
with this epic journey? You know, I, everything that I've, I've thought of over the past 20 months um, is, man, when I, when I envision the walking, um, I haven't thought of the negatives. And, and we know that, I mean, real life, there's, we're going to get an April snowfall. We're going to, we're going to hit May and especially May long weekend. Hopefully we're hunkered down somewhere, but we're going to get the May long weekend weather. Then we've got the hail. Um, we know we're going to hit that on the prairies. Hopefully no tornadoes. Are you going to cross Newfoundland as well? Yes, we are. Are you going to do the North or the South route? Oh, you know, so here's a lot of what we're doing right now is, is foreign to me. Our logistics officers have given me, uh, sheets of coordinates and street names and i don't understand i just i just need to step out 200 kilometers a week and know where we're going to be resting for the next weekend so with newfoundland they're they're looking at um the shortest route um obviously we want to beat the the maritime winter before it hits um so i think the route we're planning and somebody out there's going to know it's like a, a three and a half day walk versus a twenty two and a half day walk around the island. South route, then. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Now I'm wiser. Would um, <laughs> well, ask me because there's nothing that goes through the island. It go, all goes around. Okay. And on on the north, like, I've never even been there, but I but I but I do look at the odd map. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just a wild shape at the top. So it's got to be the south route. Okay. I'm in. All I know is uh, I've been promised when we get to St. John's. Um, I'll be getting officially screeched in along with the, the team. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I had a practice. You a French kiss a cod. Uh, yeah, I did the, uh, the, the practice, uh, screech in about 20 years ago in Fort McMurray <laughs> and, and that cod fish, uh, was not all that fresh by the time it made it to, to still Fort trying McMurray. to get the taste out of your mouth. Every time I burp, man, it's <laughs> screech doesn't kill the taste of that cod. No, it doesn't. Cheers. Cheers. If it works out right, you might be getting a ride back with a rolling barrage. Oh, that would be cool. Um, so far, logistically, um, I've been... I could see Chad in a sidecar. That would be cool with those funky goggles. With the goggles, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's going old school. I and like a, it. And a scarf that goes straight back. Yes. Like Snoopy. Just, I was just going to say, just like Snoopy <laughs> in the Red Baron. Uh, yeah, it, it, so logistically, um, looks like it's it's going to line up for the weekend of August 5th. Um, now, Ontario's really wonky. We, we're going to hit North Bay, Ontario, uh, the 29th of July. Um, and then we're, we've got to make a road trip down to the Toronto Peel, all that Niagara region, spend a week down there. Um, and then head back up to North Bay where we'll continue our walk to uh, Petawawa. Um, but yeah, it's looking like that would be the weekend we hook up with the Rolling Barrage while they're on their way west, and we're on our way east and, and possibly do a, a joint shindig on the 7th of, of August. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Well, I might be able to connect with you then. I'm planning to ride with the Barrage. So Good. for those that don't know, the Rolling Barrage is a coast-to-coast relay motorcycle ride. Um, it starts not in Newfoundland though. They tried that before. It doesn't work so good because of the ferry and everything else. And like three people participated. So, um, it's going to start in Halifax and go all the way to Vancouver. They dip the tires in in the water and there's people that do the full pull, which is usually about half a dozen of them. And, uh, 
yeah, dip your tire in, in <laughs> the Atlantic and then you dip it in the Pacific after, and they don't take any kind of straight route. That's for sure. They, they take a beautiful scenic route, make lots of great stops, but it is also a C to C for PTSD, only the easy way on yeah, a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn how to ride. <laughs> there you go. I'll teach you. Okay. I got a whole program for teaching uh, how to ride a motorcycle. You get the bike, we'll, we'll get you going. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know where I can borrow one. Uh, and we just got to return it one piece. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's, that's up to you. Okay. <laughs> we'll no see how no you pressure do. at all. So um, who else have you studied that's gone coast to coast? Oh, you know, it, there... Or have you done much? Uh, at the beginning, so there was, uh, at the beginning, Mary-Kate McEachern, um, who crossed the country in, in three legs over a couple of years, a few years back. Um, learned a lot from her. A lot of it was, um, you know, her sending me pictures of, of what her feet looked like after uh, <laughs> after a tough march. Um, and that's, you know, when, when I was digging deep, um, obviously my, my darkest hour was asking myself the question, um, what can I do about post-traumatic stress versus what is post-traumatic stress going to do to me? Um, and we, I mean, those of us with post-traumatic stress, we know the darkest hour and, and the things, then thoughts that go inside of our head. Um, so it was like, man, what, Terry Fox, that was kind of cool. You know, I want to raise awareness and funds for cancer. Um, Rick Hansen, you know, spinal cord research. Man in motion. The man in motion tour. Um, I, I've got a really cool picture I, I share with people. Um, a ticket stub I had kept from when he returned home um, to British Columbia um, at BC Place. I, I kept that ticket stub for all these years and actually have a picture of me holding that ticket stub with my wristband. Um, yeah. And, and the Rick Hansen foundation actually, you know, said, Hey, can, can we keep this picture in our archives? I'm like, absolutely. This is cool. Um, conversing with somebody like that, but looking at these gentlemen and, and just guys, uh, you know what we're setting off to do this. Um, and man, they did it. Um, and we know uh, Mr. Terry Fox, um, if he was still with us, um, if cancer didn't get the, the, the best of him, he would have finished that. Um, and, and then uh, I was introduced to Joe Roberts. And I'm like, man, like that is, I'm not here to compete with, with anybody. I'm never going to be Terry Fox or Mr. Hansen or Joe Roberts. I'm on my, my mission. Um, but man, here's just three um, gentlemen and and uh, a veteran Mary Kate who um, they did it and yeah that's all I want to do I want to start I want to finish and I want to have as much fun as I can um, and meet as many people as I can along the way um, and it's not even about sharing stories you know you and I uh, man we've never shared our full stories but there's that connection right I don't have to share my traumas with you. You don't have to share your traumas with me. We connect. Um, and enough said. Um, it, it, I look at it as, as, as a gift, you know, that telepathic, man, this is how we connect. Um, and it doesn't matter um, how we were traumatized, how we faced this injury. The, the point is we were injured. 
and now we have this. Um, so it's not a competition. Uh, no, I uh, often have people playing the trauma Olympics. And it's interesting. Very rarely is somebody trying to out trauma you. Uh, it's usually people diminishing themselves. Yeah. And I stop them in the tracks and I say, no, <laughs> that, that is not true. We're not playing the trauma Olympics now uh, here. Mine is not more than yours because I was in a war. No, 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 no. Uh, and it doesn't matter. The modality does not matter. Are you injured? Yes. Do you have symptoms that fuck your life up? Yes. There you go. That's all we need to know. How we got there doesn't matter. Are you hurting? Yeah. Well, then let's help you. And that's all it's about. Getting into the trauma Olympics is just a whole lot of ego and douchebaggery. uh, I like that term, douchebaggery. Douchebaggery that doesn't help anybody. Right. You know, Um, and those that say, well, why, why would you, like, I was there too, and, and I'm fine, and you're not fine. Like, what's what's your problem? And it's like, well, first of all, you don't know that you're fine. Your coping mechanisms might be kicking in, and they haven't worn off yet. That's right. So you don't know that you're fine. And one of the wonderful things about PTSD is that your self-awareness is in the toilet. <laughs> so you don't know that it's you. It's kind of like being drunk. You're just not that self-aware. That's right. You, you don't know that you don't know. And uh, I've seen people, it bites them in the ass 30, 40 years later. Yep. You know, we got Korea War veterans showing up at the OSI clinic. So you don't know if it's affected you or not. That's right. Yeah, it's a a nasty, nasty demon. It doesn't just knock on the door and and wait for you to let it in. It's in there and it's just going to wait for that perfect moment in time to disrupt your life and... uh, yeah, I don't wish it upon anybody. Um, no, it's uh, it's hellish. Very hellish. That is, yeah, and probably an understatement. I don't know how you top hellish. Well, you can't, you don't get away from it. Um, like uh, w- when you first came in and grabbed you the coffee, you know, because uh, I knew that you'd get it. I shared with you that I had uh, just the most wicked nightmare last night. Those suck so bad. You know, they used to plague me every single night. Um, no respite whatsoever. And every now and then I'd have a doozy like I did last night. But, I mean, there's no escaping. There's no escaping it, nope. even in your sleep. And uh, when you have a nightmare that is so over-the-top horrific that you can't even say it out loud, what what is it? Like, I can't tell my wife what went through my head last night. No. You know, it, it, she doesn't want to hear it, and it would traumatize her to hear uh, what I experienced last night. But... um it is so common and it doesn't have to be specific to like, I, I never have nightmares about uh, the war that I was in, you know, that, that doesn't happen, but they're thematic. Yep. It's, it's all about the theme and, um, and you never know what the hell is going to, uh, set them off. No, you, you just don't. It just happens. It just happens. Hypervigilance. That one's no damn fun. You know, uh, just the, the Will Smith smack and Chris Rock thing, <laughs> like hilarious. Right. But, uh, and, and at the same time, because of that, I was rehearsing, what would I have done in that situation? Yep. yep. You know, on both sides. And, uh, if I was Chris, War- <laughs> if I was Chris Rock, Will Smith would have had a bad day, Yeah. you know, and, uh, how would that have looked? And, um, Stuff that I don't want in my head. They're not in anybody. It's not in anybody else's head. But it's, right. in, but it's in my head. That's yeah. yeah it's <laughs> exactly what we go to. Um, and and I'm no different. Yes, yeah. that's, that's 
part of the things that the what if scenario. Um, well, it's, and- it's, it's, it's the hypervigilance is a survival mechanism because you're rehearsing in your mind and it works because I've been in actual physical conflicts and actual fistfights where how I handled it was exactly how I had once envisioned it. So the envisioning, there's a story of a Vietnam POW. He's in this little four foot by four foot cage, maybe three foot by three, like just terrible, right? And he's in this cage for years. To survive it, he would imagine playing 18 holes of golf. And he would imagine this at least once a day, every single day. And every single detail. And he would, he would feel the swing and the wind and, and everything. So he's so emaciated and gibbled up and, 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 and crooked by the time he gets out of this cage and gets rescued. It takes like a year to rehab him. But now he's in the habit of imagining this golf. The first time out on a golf course, he gets a personal best. After all those years of never touching a golf club. Wow. Because of the visualization. And uh, that's the power of visualization, you know. And But it's also a bit of a bummer <laughs> when that's hypervigilance mm-hmm. that's taking that over and you're constantly visualizing how how would I deal with this threat? How would I deal with that threat? Um, it's not a good time. Nope. Because you can't turn that shit off. That's right. That's right. Uh just went through eight weeks of it's kind of bittersweet because it was um, eight weeks of, of really hard therapy um, that sucked, but with such amazing people. Um, and, and even now, you know, all that therapy, that is something I cannot turn off um, planning for those threats. And, and that's man, when I start up a car and I come for a drive to Okotoks, it's what, you know, I'm playing in my head. What if? And I'm anticipating when I see somebody cruising down a range road at a good clip, it's like, okay, I know what the worst case scenario is going to be, but what am I going to do to offset that should that son of a gun run through the stop sign? And that's one of the reasons we tend to have a short temper because we're already here. You know, we're already a nine. We're just our, our standard operating uh, level is at a between seven and nine all the time and just that little extra bit going for a drive where other people it it doesn't even occur to them well that uh, if i'm normally at a seven now i'm at a nine so it it takes nothing for me to pop off because of i'm already at a nine yeah you know the only way i know to deal with that is to be aware that you're on a mission and choose a different mission um, I talk about often the the camping camping trips and wrecking your camping trip. I did a whole episode, it's like episode eight or something, um, on how to not wreck your camping trip by changing the mission. First, realize that you're on a mission. I am on this mission to get from A to B or to set up the tent or whatever it is. Okay, wrong mission. Your mission is harmony. Why are you going camping? To have a good time, to connect with my family. Okay, that's your mission. The mission isn't the logistics. The mission is have a good time with your family. That's your mission. Yeah. And if you're conscious of that, as soon as the cheese starts slipping off the cracker, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting mad because uh, the firewood isn't getting collected properly here. Yeah. Yep. That's not the mission. The mission is having a good time. So I'm failing my mission if I'm not having a good time with the family. That's right. So 
settle the fuck down. <laughs> Been there with camping trips myself. Um, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying, um, but it's a constant. It's a constant challenge. Yeah, um, replacing those those uh, the negatives with the positive. Um, you know, we, we most of us say for for every negative thought we have, replace it with three positive thoughts, and uh, times where that just doesn't work. It's, yeah. uh, but for a majority of the time, for me, it works. Okay. Right now I'm struggling with this. Um, but wait a minute, another 10 days from now, I'm going to be walking the highway and it's going to be good. Um, positives, right? It's, but to get ourselves there. Well, you, you create new neural pathways too, when you practice consciously, mindfully practicing gratitude. Have you ever heard of, uh, Maru? No, I have not. So it's this uh, Japanese practice, not overly common, but um, where you say thank you a thousand times a day, a thousand times a day. So while you're um, on your walk across the country, it's, ah, look at that bird. I'm so grateful I got to see that bird today. Thank you. Man, look at that cool tree. Thank you for that cool tree. Oh, this is that breeze I just got. Thank you for that breeze. You know, that sounded cool. Thank Oh, somebody just smiled at me. Thank you. Thank you for smiling at me. Oh, they just honked. Thank you. Thank you for the acknowledgement. And and just every everything you're you're looking for gratitude in. It's like uh even when your feet hurt. I'm so glad that I'm able to push through this pain. Thank you. And I tell you, um <laughs> it works because you can't suck and blow at the same time. Right. You can't be grateful and bitter at the same time. So the, the practice of, of making yourself <laughs> look for things to be uh, grateful for as opposed right. to, uh, then you can't at the same time be looking for things to be um, hypervigilant about or concerned about or angry at. You know, you can't suck and blow at the same time. But it's, that's, the mindful part, like you've, you've got to be switched on and be mindful. like, Oh, I'm straying. Okay. What could I be grateful for? And, um, it, it's a good practice. I like it. And as, as you're crossing this big ass country, now I wonder if anybody's ever gone across Russia from coast to coast. That's the biggest in the world. <laughs> At least it used to be when it was the Soviet union. Yeah. I will have to Google that. Yeah, is it still? Is Russia the biggest in the in in the country in the world? No, I don't. It's been a long time since grade nine. It definitely man. was as the Soviet Union. And yes. Canada was number two, but now that it's not the Soviet Union, then it, that it's Russia, still pretty freaking big. It is. And do they have a highway that crosses right through? Are you going through Muskeg and tundra. Black Flies Tundra? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a road that goes right across Russia or one that goes right across China. China's pretty freaking big. It is. I don't want to be the the guy to go over there and find out. Is there anybody that's walked the entire Great Wall? Is that a thing? That would be cool. That'd be cool. Hmm. That'd be all right. It's all stuff that's going to be stuck in my head all day. Well, now I'm going to be Googling this stuff. Okay. (laughs) Send me a message. (laughs) And trying to figure it out. So for this trip, what, what are you going to do after it? Uh, that, that's been a question. Um, speaking, speaking gear, uh, uh, yeah, gigs, that, writing a book. Definitely writing a book. Um, we, we, it's kind of a, 
Are you going to keep a daily journal then? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and we're, we're actually meeting with a, a film crew tomorrow um, that are, are they're doing a, a documentary on um, first responders and post-traumatic stress. And they want to um, follow our journey across the country. Um, they'll, they'll hook up with us in Cranbrook and do the, the big step off. Um, and then meet up with us across the country. So be a lot of video diaring, a lot of handwritten diaring, diary, diary writing. Diarizing? Uh, diarizing. Um, but yeah, my, my hope is to, uh, to write a book afterwards, um, just based on, on my experience with post-traumatic stress. Um, and, and really, uh, by the end of, of the walk, I really hope that I have found my purpose and, and my definition and have an answer for that at the end of the book. Um, but the, the, the first thing I'm going to do when we return from Newfoundland is, um, is I will take a, a mental health break and a physical break um, and just sort of go somewhere and take it easy for a month um, and then come back to, to reality. Um, and I, I'm guessing something might pop up where I'm, I'm doing some talks um, around North America. Uh, and, and that's cool. Um, I, I, I truly believe, Mark, um, if I can start a conversation with my story, um, truly, um, myself or others will inspire others to start talking about their story and, and get rid of that fucking stigma. And, and why can't we just have a conversation about mental health? Why, why is it such a, a taboo thing? Um, and by being taboo, people that that really need the help are too afraid to ask for the help and that's that's what gets me that's what i i really want to be able to change in um you know in our departments um like the armed forces um every every level of emergency services um let's make change let's give our our people we're human beings we're not robots let's give us some mental health tools um, before we shine our boots, before we go into the shit. Um, and yeah, it's not going to prevent everything, but it's going to help us. Cope. It's a way to start. Yeah. Uh, there's before operational stress, you know, there's, there's all these different resiliency courses that not enough people are taking and it's not part of the recruitment process. It's not part of the basic training of any first responder or military. They don't incorporate mental resilience into that training. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And, um, especially with the, like when you're in a trauma rich environment, whatever it is, not talking about the effect that it has, instead of talking about it and dealing with it, they just they they joke about it's like yeah well there's a sergeant major the typical sergeant major on his third wife and and a rabid alcoholic ha 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 funny that's not fucking funny that's atrocious yep. it's atrocious that that is like everybody knows that that's where this road goes that it um, somebody that has served twenty twenty five thirty years chances are that it's going to chew them up and spit them out, and you're just going to be a haggard alcoholic by the end of it. Yep. It's the running joke. Well, that's not a funny joke. Nope. How about we go, you know, dedicating a life of service shouldn't have that as the prize at the end. That's not okay. Let's do something about it, because that ain't funny. And 
Things like the rolling barrage are helping with that. Yep. You're helping with that. I hope this show is helping with Your that. Your show is helping with this. And the amount of support that happened with the uh, with the rolling barrage was incredible. Like coast to coast, there's um, police escort. Now, have um, police and and fire and whatnot have like stations across the country. Have you been coordinating with them? Are they going to be helping out to traffic control, that kind of thing? Yes. Um, so we, we've, I mean, part of the, the team I have in place um, are reaching out to those resources. Um, the, the municipal police forces um, are outstanding. The, 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 the RCMP have been outstanding. Um, and, and the amount of support, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's there. Um, That's spectacular. It's it so is. Good. It is, and the Canadian Armed Forces, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you think, man, I'm just a guy that's been messed up. Um, I'm a veteran, um, and finally, after a lot of therapy, I'm proud to say I'm I'm an Army veteran, thanks to you and and kicking my ass in the right direction. Um, but I'm also a first responder, and for these, you know, where where we as individuals think there's no support for us, um, I, I'm telling you. Their support, and there might not be the individuals that support us, and that's really where we find out in life who our real friends are. You know, um, 900 friends on, I don't know, over the course of a lifetime, people that I have trained beside, people whose backs I've had on the side of the highway, while I'm going through my mental health healing journey, and all of a sudden they vanish. But the key players in my life are still there at my side, um, all these other agencies that are like, yeah, you know what? We have problems in our departments. Well, and people don't know how to deal with it. No, no, they don't. No. And it also scares them because it's a reminder that, oh, geez, maybe I got my own issues. That's why they abandoned us. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. It, it's, uh, I, I, I remind everybody during your darkest hour, I will be there with my hand out and I'll help you through this. Let's get through it together. You know what? We're human beings. It's not about ego. It's about helping another human being out. Uh, you, you, if, you, if you think for a moment that, that our agencies don't recognize that, that we have uh, mental trauma going on in our departments, there would be zero support across the country for this initiative. Um, like say at the Canadian Armed Forces. Uh, wow. Blew me away. We'll show you support. Let us know when you're going to be here and we'll send out some resources. The RCMP, uh, Alberta Sheriff's Highway Patrol, uh, man, right across Ontario. Well, while you're doing that, let them know that uh, there's this Operation Tango Romeo guy who's willing to do toolbox talks. Yes. Cover my gas so I can get there because <laughs> I sure as fuck can't pay for gas. I, I don't know how we're going to pay for gas. <laughs> I don't know what's, what, what's it at, like three bucks a liter now? I don't know. I don't know. Got to, you, you're going to have to have uh, like those Flintstone cars for support vehicles. Oh, good God. Yeah, we've got yeah, to have do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or hope the wind is blowing behind us. Yeah. Oh. Set sail. Yep. Now, for people that want to join you, because uh, I definitely want to walk a couple miles with you, um, is there like a tracking page or is there a way that we know where you are, or at least have a decent idea of where yeah. you are? Um, so trying to, to, the easiest way, you know me, I'm all about posting on social media. Um, so our road boss, Natasha, 
um, we'll be along for the whole trip and we will be letting you folks know where we're at and where we're going to be. But there's not our, like a real time because there's got to be an app for that. Well, there is well, an there's app for got that. My, my watch is fantastic at apping everything, but how to coincide my app on the funky watch to, well, um, to social media. Somebody's got a phone with them. All they need is a, it's like, yes, go ahead, track me. And then, uh, well, there you go. There's a, I guarantee there's a tracking app. Okay. Well, I'll figure it out. If we'll, you can, get, we'll get there. Uh, uh, the rule of thumb with these apps is that if you can think of it, it's, it's there. there. Yeah. It's because somebody else thought of it. Dang. That would be a good invention. Mm. It's okay. probably, probably already there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to write that down. Find app. Find app. Tracking app. Tracking app. Should be something we can link to um, one of our feeds on on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever we're at. We're everywhere. Um. You know, when we walked across... Find Alberta, the Chad. Where's the Chad? The There's Chad. the Chad. There goes the Chad. And it, believe me, it, it what normally takes 20 minutes to drive, it takes me three days to walk. So remember <laughs> that, folks. You, you're probably going to pass me six times a day or six times in, in three days when you're commuting back and forth from work. Just wave. Throw me a donut. <laughs> <laughs> I usually get hungry when I'm out there. Yeah, it, what's funny is uh, the the cross Canada trip and how not everybody gets skinny from doing it. I was like, I don't know how you don't, but uh, Dana Mizey didn't. No, uh, neither did Joe Roberts. Uh, I asked him how much uh, you know. Did you have a nutritionist? Well, yeah, I had that resource, but I just ate what I wanted. I didn't lose or gain any weight. Like, man, I, like, I want to lose my dad belly, my dad bod. I know some people think it looks cool. Uh, but, uh, I mean. Who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> Thanks, people. On my fan page. Oh, wait, that's my mom and dad. They're all right with the dad bod. Um, yeah, I, you know what? If I can shave another 10 pounds, I'm good. I, you know what? My legs can handle my belly weight. Um, and that's that's all that matters. I'm, Are you going to be wearing knee braces or anything for this? Uh, I've got some knee braces packed um, in the event that my knees start doing their thing. Um, Preventative, I would suggest, is not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I found actually walking on on the asphalt with the uh, the appropriate footwear. There's there. It's not like it was back in 1991. Here's these black combat boots and the black Cadillacs. Oh my God. And the damage they did to our shins and our knees and our backs. And yeah. So it, today's technology, it's, it's a little better. And well, today's technology is actually technology. What we had was hockey pack pucks wrapped in leather. <laughs> it's like, okay, walk, just stick these hockey pucks, hot gloom to you, the bottoms of your feet and go. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> And they was, weren't even grippy. They no, didn't even have Vibram soles or anything. I remember the awful um, the, the little insert things for your feet inside the, what are they called? Cheese graters, I think. Yeah. Remember little, that? Little, they, they were yeah. all webbed and it wasn't good. No, not good. Childhood yeah. memories now. Yeah, might as well put upside down bottle caps in the, for your insoles and uh, off you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Anyways, yes, the technology we have today, <laughs> um, I wish we had back then. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it, it didn't have problems with my knees. And if the the knees are bothering me, it's usually on, on a really uh, steep downgrade going downhill. Um, yeah. But yeah, you brace for that. Slow down your pace and breathe lots of cbd oil would be a good idea for the whole trip yes it would yes lots of cbd 
Yes. You need a sponsor for that. Uh, talk to my good friends at VAC and see what uh, what, what they can do for <laughs> Hey, you don't get high on CBD. No, you, know, you know, no, it, no, but it's, it's good for you. It feeds the body. We got mm. cannabinoid receptors for a reason. That's right. Yeah. Embrace the CBD. Embrace the CBD. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brother, I think we're about there. Right on. Good times. All right. Well, keep us in the loop about what's going on. We'll figure out a tracking app right after this episode. Yes, here. we will. And uh, thank you for what you're doing, man. It, hey. it freaking matters. And thank you for doing what you're doing. It's so important to have voices out there for, for mental health. All right, brother. You're listening to Operation Dangle Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. For veterans, first responders, including this crazy bastard who's going across the country. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment that would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring.